That's going to be a tricky one. I know exactly how we met. Oh, it's good because I don't remember. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Groomers Spotlight's first podcast. I'm Stuart Simons and I'm sitting here with the lovely, wonderful, marvellous Julie Harris. And, have uh, you been drinking? Not yet. <laughs> I'm tempted to have a little snifter. It is, uh, I think it's past 12 o'clock, so it's allowed. Uh, so we wanted to basically tell you a little bit about ourselves. We've been asked by loads of different people how we got into grooming or how we met um, and things about us. So we thought we'd just start with, by having a conversation and telling you all a, bit, a little bit about us and how we got into the spotlight, etc. What do you think, Julie? Yeah, that'll go for it. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> okay, so first things first, the question of how we got into grooming. Well, for, for me... Um, I'll tell. Shall I tell you how I got into grooming? Is I know, that... so you don't need to tell me. Oh, how do you know? You, you don't told might, me. You might not know everything about it. Oh, I think you might I do. learn. Some... Oh, well, we'll see. Won't okay. you? Okay, go on then. Okay, so I was an. Well, I am an actor. I hate saying that I was an actor because I still act. So I'm an actor, and I got a little dog called Maggie. And I took, I basically we needed to get her groomed. So I invited a groomer to come round. She came round to our flat in East London. She shaved Maggie off to within in, within an inch of her life. She had no hair left on her at all. I made her a <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> she had a nice biscuit and then she went home and I gave her like 50 quid. And I was like, God, that's such good money. And I could do that in between acting jobs. I'm 100% gonna learn how to be a dog groomer. And previously, I'd gone to America because I've got some family over there and I'd seen on the streets um, in the shops and stuff there was just loads and loads of groomers and I suddenly thought there's not very many groomers here in the UK so I thought to myself there's definitely a gap in the market anyway so that's how I got into grooming I registered for a course did the course and and uh, realized that I was completely um, sort of done by the groomer that came around so much. She didn't even wash Maggie. Poor Maggie. And I realised there was so much more into it. There is, isn't there? There's so oh, much God, yeah. more I mean, there's so involved. much involved. You haven't told them about the story of Maggie, though. What about, <laughs> what about me getting her for my mum's yeah. Christmas present? So I got Maggie for my mum's Christmas present. And um, it was a pet shop. Don't hate me. But it was from a pet shop. I knew no better at the time. And, and you got uh, her a couple of weeks early or something, didn't you? Well, they wouldn't... So I, I went in there and she was... I just fell completely in love with her. She was so sweet and I thought, right, okay, well, she, she can have that one. Um, and the pet shop said that they couldn't hold her until Christmas. And I thought, well, I can't have a, a dog in my flat. There's no way. And he said, well, we're not holding on to her, so you'll have to take her. And I was like, okay, well, she'll have to stay with us for until Christmas, if yeah. you like, for two weeks. Literally got home. James, my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time, but James met Maggie and uh, I got a phone call at work the next morning saying, Stuart, we can't, we can't give her to your mum. <laughs> We'd both fallen so in love with her and she's, she had fallen so in love with us that we were like, well, my mum can't have this dog, so we kept her. <laughs> and we had to go and get another one for my mum. <laughs> yes, that's yes, how. So you've got the... The gorgeous Maggie and your oh, mum's got mom. the, the nightmare Monty. Oh, he's an absolute, absolute nightmare. He barks at absolutely everything. He pulls. He's really, really badly behaved. And Maggie's an angel. <laughs> <laughs> Bless her. Yeah. So, what about you? Um, how did I get into grooming? I, um, I come from a really big banking family. My dad was 
in banking is an accountant and so is my sister. And um, at my school I was at, if you didn't take eight O levels, you had to do work experience. And I was doing seven, and I was like, oh, for God's sake. What, you had to take O-level, as in... Yeah, you had to take eight o Yeah, eight O-levels you had to take. Um, and if you weren't taking eight, they said you're not working hard enough, so you've got to do work experience. So is an O-level the same as what a GCSE is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, years ago, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I was taking seven, so they made me do a month's work experience. <gasps> So you had to pick this these places, and I was like, oh, I like dogs, I'll go to this kennels. And I went to this kennels, and it was um, a Briard kennels, and I walked in on my first day, and apart from being hit by this awful smell, there was like 28 Briards in front of me, and I just fell in love. Oh my God, was that in Sussex? There was a yeah, Briard yeah, kennels? Yeah, yeah. Oh and uh, unbeknown to me, which is the funny thing, these things happen in life, don't they? that I actually stumbled upon the kennels um, that brought um, Briards into the country. So it was an absolutely phenomenal kennels. I couldn't, I landed on my feet. That's amazing. So yeah, so I worked there. They gave me a summer job. I went back to school my to My mum would have said, what's for, what's for you doesn't pass you by. Oh. See, no, my mum has never said that, but <laughs> I've heard it. So yeah, go on, carry but on. I went, um, I got a summer job and I went back to school to do all my A-levels and I lasted about three weeks. Oh, really? And I left, and I went back to kennel work. And my dad was horrified, absolutely horrified. He really was. And he, but they were really supportive. They so made on, me did, pay for my grooming course. They wouldn't pay for it. But didn't you go to boot, like the farm? Oh, yeah, no, that's... that's, that's um, I, I literally um, did a course uh, while I was working at the kennels, um, because my dad was like, you can't just pick up shit for the rest of your life. And I was like, oh, I'll do grooming then. And... Um, I, the training I had, I didn't do a head. I didn't complete a head. Really? Honest to God, you used to do the grooming, the woman did the grooming, and then she would kind of get all stand aside, push you aside, and, and she'd do the head, and then the dog would go. And I thought I had really good training. <laughs> <laughs> and Is that I why left, I'm not that good at heads now? And no, I, left, I left. <laughs> I left not having completed a head. Oh my God. Yeah. Went back to the kennels, they gave me a job as a groomer, and yeah. The rest is history, really. So I had you... a break in between because I um, there was no money to be made, and um, I kept it as an enjoyable hobby. But yeah, I worked. worked it's for funny though because I always, I, I always say, and whenever we're doing like seminars, we always say it's and and in interviews, I always say it's such a different industry or a different world now than it was like in the early eighties, nineties, um, even in the seventies. I remember when I was a kid. The, the neighbours of ours had a red setter and they used to open the door in the morning and he, his name was Ron and he'd go out into the yeah. street he'd sniff and he'd lay down on the, in the garden on the front garden all day and then in the evening when they come back from work they'd open the door and he'd go back in again yeah. and that was his day dog ownership has totally it's changed it's completely different totally so I mean, now like you say there wasn't money in it now yeah. there is now Huge I mean there money, is yeah, yeah. Well, I nearly fell off my seat then did you see <laughs> Did you wet yourself a little bit? No, no, I didn't. No, no I'm all right. It's a miracle. Right. It is, it is. It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, so the rest is history, really. That's amazing. Yeah. And so when did you get into like training? What are you interviewing me for? No, I'm just in, because I'm actually quite interested. <laughs> when did I'm I get actually into quite training? Yeah. I... So hold on, you said you didn't, so is it because you didn't learn how to do a head that you suddenly thought, well, there's a gap, there's a gap no, in the market or anything well, somewhere else in your head? No, I suppose you just, you just, Kind of, I'm just always thankful that there were no mobile phones when I started, or anything like that. So there's no pictures of the grooms I used to yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. Because they were, they were just. What do you mean that's true? No, but I'm just thinking. 
Yeah, it's a shame. You're the one that said it. God, so, do you know yeah, what? I so have to tell you, if Bijon, her... if a Bijon freeze comes into our salon now, Julie's literally. Her, she goes, "What is a sheet?" Oh, I hate them. <laughs> I just can't do them. They're my nemesis. They really are. So whenever anyone phones to book in a Bijon, I make sure it goes in Julie's column, and yeah. she does the same with cocker spaniels. With yeah, cocker spaniels too, preferably from the same owner, so they scream the whole time. Yeah, she's like, I'm like that. <laughs> God's sake. Yeah, so training-wise, um, yeah, I've, I'm trying to think. I don't know when I got into training. I worked, I worked for PetSmart for a while, and then I met Mel. And because of my background in retail, because I've worked for Boots, you kind of went up the ladder really quickly because I was mm. sort of commercially aware. And then, yeah, I, within time, I was looking after something like about 10 salons, and I suppose that's when... That's God. when the training yeah, started. Yeah, so you had to. Yeah. If you've got 10 salons. Yeah, you've got to try and... got to keep them up to yeah. scratch. So yeah, I suppose that's when it started. Do you remember when we met? No, I don't. I do. I 100% do, and it was hilarious. I don't remember at all. How can you will do? Because you'll be like that. Of course it is. So I was emceeing the British Dog Grooming Championships for PIF, and it was the first year uh, that I'd done it. It was, I can't, it was ages ago. And I was playing 80s music, and... I literally looked out the corner of my eye. <laughs> Julie was dancing to ABBA. It was Dancing Queen. <laughs> she was going, Dancing Queen. And so, and I was, thought she was the campus woman I've ever seen in my entire life. So obviously I started dancing as well. And we literally had a little bit of a moment. Um, I think I do, do remember, remember that. Yes. That's how I first met you. And then, well, I think that's how. And then we, and then I don't think we did, we used to see each other at seminars and yeah. uh, that, that's all. We never had like, and made me until I moved down to St. Leonard's and yeah. then you came and helped me move in. That was it. I bought you fish and chips, did. didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I unpacked your kitchen for you. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you remember that night? Oh, yeah, it wasn't hard good. Work. Dogs everywhere. Dogs everywhere. Well, look at his hat. <laughs> oh, that's a bobble hat going past. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, I do remember that now, actually. Yeah. 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 The good old days, Julie. Good old days. Groom of the year. And then it's all spiralled or... not spiralled. It's all escalated, escalated to here, to the heady heights of the groomer's spotlight. <laughs> oh yeah, so... Um, what have we got? Oh, yeah, but you're, um, you, we talked about my nemesis, Bichons. What are your sort of favourite breeds of dogs to groom? My nemesis? worst grooming dog, to, dogs to groom, really, are Cocker Spaniels. I find it really hard to groom a Cocker Spaniel. Um, but my favourite dogs... To groom or to have? But to groom, I suppose. You like fluffies, don't you? Well, I really, I really like cavachons and... they got nice. This because they're easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you, like, this is true. He does this lovely little Maltese terrier here. Ugh. And he was... And you were... Made it look lovely. And he said to me, oh, I think I might start competing with this dog. I didn't and I ever was say like, that. I've never said that. Well, you said sure. if I was to compete... If I was to compete, it would be with I went him. With this dog. Yeah. And I looked over and I went, yeah, that looks really nice. But he has got an easy coat. Right? Now, we all it's know... It's a Maltese. They haven't got easy oh, coats. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But we all know that there are dogs that just have... You can make look nice easier than others yeah but all she yeah, says oh, is whenever I do well, I'm still a bit upset about it if I'm honest <laughs> <laughs> because it's not it doesn't have an easy coat and it's not always easy to groom and actually I've seen many a dog like that that haven't 
been as as good as him. He's just he for me he, is he a was, lovely he was lovely. Yeah, yeah. He's a lovely I think for me I like I like curly coats. I love fox terriers. I think fox terriers are my favourite dogs to groom. Are they? Yeah. I like a fox terrier. It's their behaviour. Some of them can be such oh, nice, don't Yeah, but, that's that, but I quite like that little naughty eyes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That whole... Um, I'm not worried about their eyes. It's their teeth I worry about. <laughs> yeah, well... I, mean, I don't know. I like I like fox terriers. I like anything curly but not too big. Anything curly but not too big. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like... I like the fluffies. You love cocker spaniels though. Yeah, like your I spaniels do. are beautiful. Yeah. They are lovely. No, I like doing spaniels. And I have spaniels learned quite a lot since watching you. Like, I'm sure, like as I'm sure you have of me. Oh, loads. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think though that we work quite well together because there are things that you're quite good at that I'm a little bit less good at, and there are things that I. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, there is. There's definitely. You're very good with um, aggressive dogs, and you've taught me an awful lot with that. You've taught me how to be fearless, which I think is um, because I was used. I was always quite jumpy. If anything went for me, I I was never scared, but it always used to make quite a quite a dramatic reaction. Yeah. And you were like, for God's sake, you're just, you know. (laughs) Would you calm down? Calm down, woman. I I think that's. I don't know how to, but I've learned how to. But also, we do go with the flow. Yeah, and we do things in a different way, don't we? Like, uh, if someone's got an aggressive dog or some a dog that bites, I don't really like to be told. I don't know why. I don't know either. I don't really like to be told, and I think it's because I will wait. I'll be looking out for the bad behaviour, so I'll be waiting for it. And I think that maybe my body language and the way that I handle myself changes to make the dog a bit more nervous. I do so agree. If I don't, I do, do you agree. know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do agree. So if I'm nervous, then the dog's going to be nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think I've done enough dogs to know body language. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that I would probably... I usually say to people... Well, do you remember the... Um, uh, the black black Russian that we did Bess Bess you just make me die I ended up throwing things every every time he grooms this dog and she is highly aggressive he's going right how much we get paid for this this is ridiculous (laughs) needs to be at least 150 pounds right I'm going to tell him I'm going to tell him and they come in and he goes hiya (laughs) hiya yeah oh no she's been fine no a little bit upset but you know it's absolutely fine fine. how much is it oh 60 pounds (laughs) (laughs) yes there is that is the one Example of the bad, but that's but she is a massive dog and she's got a huge bite. And she really, I think it's more, it's not really her aggression, she's been in for a while, actually. Yeah, and it's not really her aggression that upsets me, it's more the fact that she gets herself in the right, yeah, yeah, and so I just think I wish that because when the owners come in, they say, Oh, oh, you know. You're not going to be able to do her. It's going to, and that annoys me because I yeah, just no, think it, it's they're proud of the fact that she's. My my pet hate with owners is when they hand the dog over and they go, "Good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck." Three other groomers haven't been able to do it. I'm like that, or whatever. They're not good. Right. Yeah, so, so. Um, another question we always get asked and we find that we talk about a lot is why we started the spotlight. Why we started the spotlight? Yeah. Well. Uh, Do you want to say your reasons and I'll say mine? Okay. Yes. So the spotlight um, was an idea that I came up with because of being an actor. There's the the actor's spotlight. 
and I immediately saw a similarity between the industry as an actor and the industry as a, a as a, the grooming industry because they're both quite creative and they're both unregulated and I saw you know for for many years I've seen arguments that are on like the private groups the grooming groups saying you know, we we should have regulation and all these groomers saying, yeah, we want regulation. And then you have all these other groomers saying, no, we don't want regulation. And so they'll never meet in the middle. There's never going to be um, anyone that says, right, you know, there's never a happy medium for the whole thing. And then I, I was thinking about it one day and I suddenly thought, well, as groomers, we forget that there's another person that's involved and that's the owner. <laughs> And actually, it's not really down to us as to whether or not the, the industry gets regulated. Surely it's down to whether or not an owner wants their dog to be looked after by someone that's qualified or whether they want someone to be looked after by someone that's unqualified. And so my idea for the Groomer Spotlight came about because I suddenly thought, well, actors can't get jobs unless they're on the actor's spotlight. It's impossible. So you have your equity card and then you become a member of the spotlight. You have to have a certain amount of hours um, experience as an actor to become a spotlight member and then once you've got that you can then get your jobs through the spotlight but if you don't have those hours then you can't be on there and so and so it's not fleeced the industry isn't fleeced in a really really busy industry anyway it's hard to get the jobs so that sort of is, is what sort of helps actors to become to be people that are respected rather than just anyone being an actor Am I making sense? Yeah, so no, you far? are. You are. So God. then I thought to myself, with the groomers, it would work the same way. So if we've done our qualification and we've done it, then the owners can have the choice to go to an unqualified or a qualified, but at least they'll have the choice. The choice. They'll, they'll have, have a, the a, an educated. Uh, yeah, and there's a way that because actually, our qualifications we worked hard for, mm. and it shouldn't be ignored. And I do think that we should stand head and shoulders above people that are unskilled and unqualified. There's, and if you are unqualified and skilled, then there's nothing to stop you just getting the qualification. And so for me, that's the only way that the public can see that there's a level of equality. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Well, you've been assessed, haven't you? That's yes. the, whole, the whole thing with it. So that's why I come out of the spotlight. So for me, it was basically built on education in the fact that I was seeing lots and lots of posts about people going what's the point in getting qualified um, it's only a bit of paper nobody ever asks for it so all these things were coming up and being in education and working closely with city and guilds and colleges um, numbers were really dropping at quite an alarming rate so people weren't bothering to get qualified because there was no need to be qualified because we're an unregulated industry so we were on the verge of losing the qualifications, uh, which people before us, the likes of Dinah North and Jill East and, and Joe Angus and, and you know, such like, had spent a lot of time fighting for and you know, got an awful lot of recognition for doing that work. And to lose them just seemed to be just the worst thing to me that could ever happen. It was a real backward step from the industry. It was nothing forward thinking mm. at all. So we had to make the qualifications mean something. We had to make people aspire to be qualified. We had to give them a reason to be qualified. And we had to ultimately reward them for being qualified. Because if there's no reward 
there's, there's no point in doing it. We all do everything for a reward. And it can be a personal reward or it can be that recognition. And if it's, you know, we wanted to get away from the only, it's only a bit of paper. So for me, it was very much about giving the qualifications value and the people that had them value so that people aspired to it. I can remember sitting in your lounge and us going, just imagine when we go somewhere and somebody goes, oh, are you on the spotlight? Um, other people are going, oh, yes, I am, or, oh, no, I'm hoping to be. Well, and it too. was just the fact that we might, in some small way, make people go, do you know, I'm going to get qualified because I want to be on the groomer's spotlight. And it seemed to be such a, a huge thing to us then. It was like, yeah. if only we can just make people go, do you know, I'm going to get qualified because I want to be on the spotlight. And now, how, may, and how then, do you feel when you get the message from someone saying, hi there, I really, I can't wait to be on the spotlight. I my, know. My certificate comes through. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and the posts that we get and, and the, you know, the people going, woohoo, spotlight, here I come. Anything like that. And I, you know, we were looking at sort of a, a five-year plan, weren't we, yeah. when we first started. And now we are, we're, we're three years in. And our five-year plan is now, is our three-year plan. Yeah. It's just amazing that we're we're pushing people towards qualification um you know and people are wanting to do it to join the spotlight to get the recognition and you know it's kind of like for me it's job done yeah and it constantly evolves as well yeah i, feel, I really feel that it's, it's just growing constantly all the time there's always somewhere for it to go because and, I, and i do want to say something about are those people that joined us in the beginning is the fact that it's very much a chicken and egg situation there's no point us going to the public and telling them about the spotlight if they put their postcode in and there's nobody there so we had to get the numbers on the spotlight Absolutely, first yeah. so there was never the carrot was there to dangle to say you'll get clients through it but our work that we were doing to get the clients was secondary to getting the groomers. We it's had still, to get the groomers first. And it's still just getting there, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's, even though we're only a small country, it's a big country. Yeah, it is. And uh, we've still got, you know, per square metre, we've got yeah. to make sure that there's we've someone. Still got pe we've still got areas that are lacking, but we are at that point now where you put in your postcode and a groomer comes up. Absolutely. We're, 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 know, we're ready those, to push out. Those we're ready. first hundred groomers that came on board, they're our founder members. Yeah. I mean... That little F means... Yeah, that little us, F on it? there means a lot to us. The fact that I go onto a profile and I see that F and I think, oh God, you know, they've been with us since the beginning. Yeah. And, and, you know, thank you very, very much. Yeah. And also I think, I think for me, it's really, I love it when people see beyond just their business because we, we need to protect this industry to make sure that it... it, uh, it well, nobody else is going to protect it. Well, exactly. I'm not bothered about electricians or plumbers. No, but we get... Exactly, Nobody's going to be worried a, about the groomers. But these are live animals and we get, we get dragged through the coals by the media if anything goes wrong in a salon. But when the good things happen, it doesn't get advertised. And I think that the spotlight is a way for us to say, actually... There are some amazing people out there that will look after your dogs beautifully and yeah. properly, and we'd like to celebrate the fact that they've yeah. put a, an awful lot of work into and getting their qualifications. And we've never, ever, ever said that they're all amazing groomers. No, never. And I, and I still, I mean, you'll always get better at grooming. You really will. That, but you can't, you cannot rebuild foundations once you've started putting bricks down on to build your house. If you're on 
rubbish foundations. And it's like you've always said, your qualifications protect you, don't they? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100% they protect you. They protected me in my time. Yeah, they did. From, yeah. from sort of being sued. The fact that I was qualified was really important to, yeah. the, to the solicitor. Absolutely. And that's really good. Well, that's I think that's our first podcast. <coughs> I still got my cold though. Oh, she's been going on about this blooming cold for all literally all morning. I've so been no, sitting not here. Not about my... your. What about your eye? Then I have had a bit of a bad eye. <laughs> I've had something in my you've eye all morning. Wor- it's gone now. You've been worse but thank you for eye. reminding me. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening to our fabulous first podcast. And if you do get a chance, join the Groomer Spotlight. www.thegroomerspotlight.com.